Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Breck, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hello, welcome to Broken but Glorious on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Lappin. I'm delighted to be joined by a man who doesn't sleep, he waits. Nick David. To be fair, very accurate. Good evening. <laughs> And he's a sexy baby. That's very... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Both very accurate statements. I didn't expect that. <laughs> that's why sexy baby. Maybe that's my next t-shirt. <laughs> I'm not going to release a t-shirt uh, <laughs> so I don't sleep. I'm going to do that. <laughs> How you doing this evening, lads? I'm, I'm very well. How are you both? Very well. I'm all right, yeah. How's everyone's week been? It's been good. It was uh, our Joel's 15th birthday yesterday, so, which was fun. He's, he's got loads of birthday money in, and then I'm talking to Smith today, so he bought loads of figures, so he's dead happy. Yeah. I'm quite <laughs> jealous, I won't lie. He got, yeah, he got the Street Profits, he got Anosis, he got a Jeff Hardy with three different heads, so that was like 40 quid or something. It's like, 40 oh. quid for a figure? Um... Uh, I remember back in the day, we'd like pick stuff out of, I don't know what place it was that he used to do them down when Hayward Teeth, but literally, I think it, they'd have like a boxes full of them. Yeah. I don't know if it was the case, or like, dude, I think it was like three for 15 or something, I think it was. Wow. Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> but that's when I was a kid, so we, yeah, as I'm sure like, we could, we could be talking about loads of objects and like, I mean, stickers is always a prime example. I remember it'd be like a case where you could get three packets and a bit of bubble gum for like, yeah, your packets of stickers and they'll be like 10 in a pack. Now it's like, 50, 55p for a pack of stickers. It's like you can get four in a pack, probably, or something. Yeah. <laughs> and no bubblegum. Oh, I never got bubblegum with my match attacks. I think it was more of them. Um, they came with like, I think it was more of your kid, you've got a quid pocket money. You'd have like spare money just to get the bubblegum, the Hubble Bubble or whatever's like the five. Uh, I vaguely remember it coming with bubblegum and it just, it just tasted like blue duck. It wasn't nice bubblegum, it wasn't even flavoured. That sounds horrible. Well, I always love bubblegum because I never blow bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> no, can I still can't to this day. No, I, I can't as well. Oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. People look at me funny when I say this. I'm like, oh, how can you not blow bubbles? Certainly, you just had skill. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Troy McCarthy, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious, the best podcast to ever feature me, Troy McCarthy. Right, so last week we created our... Football 11 of European wrestlers, which was a lot of fun. So, but, so to continue the European theme, as we're in the, meant to be in the middle of the Euro 2020, we thought we'd count down the top 10 European wrestlers in WWE history. We all collated a list of 10. The yeah, everyone sent it to me, and then I combined the list into our ultimate top 10. Uh, are you ready to get going? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so at number 10, it's the man, Becky Lynch. So, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing she really got onto this list because it was probably SummerSlam 18 where she transitioned from the 
to a more aggressive character when she attacked Charlotte Fleur. Um, before that, she was kind of the unfairly treated underdog. And... She's the most un- unfairly treated out of the four horsewomen. Yes. Easily. Yeah, and yeah, then her dubbing herself the man resulted in a, this huge increase in her popularity and fan support. And then she's probably the top three superstars in the whole company now. And she's gone on to win the Royal Rumble, despite not being in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> that's a, that's a real achievement, that. <laughs> and then, yeah, being headline in WrestleMania 35 uh, with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte when she hold both belts at the same time, so she's a double champion. So. Champ, champ. Absolutely. Well, I think even for um for a, for a European to even get on the WrestleMania card, I think it's pretty impressive sort of thing. Um, <laughs> but to actually main event it is another impressive achievement. But then even the first well, part of the first women's match to main event it, um, yeah, I think she had to be on the list. Um, arguably, you could say a bit too low. Maybe she'd been a bit higher, but um, obviously with these lists, it's always quite hard to obviously to put it together it's going to suit everyone sort of thing so um but no yeah i think she, she certainly had to be on there um as you right arguably before SummerSlam 2018 it was uh, running ww was very very tame wasn't being used correctly you could argue um but yes yeah, and then it's just been sky's the limit you've nailed off her, her achievements there and it's just gone from one strength to to another obviously held the champion for now gone away obviously on to more better things in life to obviously start a family so uh, so hopefully we see her back again in the ring, but yeah, certainly become a legend in obviously we're in a relatively short space of time. She really changed the game, especially um, the iconic shot of her standing there with a busted nose. Yes, mm. I was just going to say. Well, I think we said on the show before. Well, leading the lead up to WrestleMania, I know before, see things went a bit weird around the world. Um, yeah. That, that how how tame I thought her title run was getting, and it was getting to the point where I was desperate to see her drop it. So. Um, I think the break as well will do her wonders as well in the sense that it, she will, she will stop while she's on top of the world, then can return. Um, obviously, we're taking a much needed break, recharge the batteries as they show, as they say. So I think yeah, uh, I think the excitement will start when, especially when we know sort of when soon she might be returned. It's the same with Rousey as well. Uh, I think yeah, the excitement will build once. We- Potentially might when there's room when the, when the rumors start to leak of a potential return when you get near like a Royal Rumble or a WrestleMania the excitement builds so I'm sure when she does return the pop will be will be very very big. The thing is though she she may never return she may just decide that that's it. I've seen reports that's, that's been the case yeah I have seen reports I think that's been doing the rounds I know at the moment with obviously I think at the moment. <laughs> I do feel like at the moment with reports, people try and pounce on anything that could be like a good reports leak, just mm-hmm. in the case of there's not much to talk about or not much positive news to talk about. So I, I do feel with that you need to be, I think at this stage that I don't really believe in a lot of sources with stuff like that because one, she hasn't, she's not even had the baby or anything like that. So it's way too soon to to call mm-hmm. anything like that, in my opinion. But you're right, it, it, could, it could well happen though, because you're right, she could just want... Uh, maybe another child, but just to settle down and enjoy family life. Yeah, it's not like... And I wouldn't blame it. It would be a good way to leave on it right right on the top of a game. Yeah, it's like Seth doesn't make enough, enough money for the both of them. <laughs> I'm sure he's on a... I'm sure he gets a few zeros after his, <laughs> his paycheck. <laughs> uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, number nine is the inaugural WWE Universal Champion, Finn Balor. So, yeah, so with his high-flying manoeuvres and his demon persona, he became 
quickly became a fan favourite. Um, apart from being the first Universal Champion, he's also had a couple of Intercontinental Championship reigns, but he's another one who's kind of been a bit wasted and hasn't lived up to his full potential in the main roster, but I'm happy he's back down in NXT now and he seems to have found his really dickhead in this again, <laughs> from his New Japan days. I was about to say I was expecting more from him, especially as the the founder of Bullet Club, I always expected them to to try more with him. Mm. But after when he won the Universal title, they kind of, he kind of just fell off and they never really went back to him. Yeah, he never got his rematch, did he? No. no. Well, that was the whole build for the Royal Rumble. It was him going, oh, it's the title I never lost. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. And you never even looked at it again up until that point. Exactly. They kind of just went, oh, he got injured. I'll uh, see you all later, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the worst time to get injured. As you say, I think that, that, that debut on Raw booked to perfection where I think he beat Reigns clean. Um, when um, well, it was the first Raw after sort of the draft, wasn't it? When they, when when WWE was great again, yeah, basically. So he, um, he won a fatal four away and then beat Reigns in the final, wasn't it? I think so, beat yeah. Seth Rollins in the, the, uh, and then the, the winner title, went on then. to do Seth Rollins. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I think he seized the opportunity. I think, obviously, uh, it was a great time that that, that, that double. I think, um, yeah, it was, I think 2016 was a really underrated year in wrestling. It's a great, it's a great um, year. It really was. Um, and um, I believe with ballet, he seized the opportunity, but injuries obviously happen. I know Seth had a bit of criticism because of that that, that spot in the in the match. That's another kind of story. Um, but yeah, since then, it's just really shown, hasn't he? I think when he returned, they should have really thrown him straight back into um, into the um, pitch. But I, I think that, again, doesn't help the fact that I think he came back to Raw and the fact that the Universal Champion was able for months in Lesnar. So I think it, yeah, stuff like that just is a bit irritating. Can't also know stuff like that can't really be helped. But then, it all just leads to one bad booking decision, kind of like a, a bit of a chain reaction, can't it? Really, of stuff like of, of not going going right for certain individuals. But no, in terms of him as a rest, I think since you could argue before um twenty six, before he actually made his debut on Raw, that he was probably the biggest. You could argue probably the biggest. Um, well, I suppose the biggest European um, European UK. I'm thinking of more United Kingdom, so I know it's Ireland, but yeah, probably one of the biggest names that there was Prince Devitt at the at, at the time. Ballo when he moved on to the NXT, so um, yeah, hundred percent worthy of, of being on the list for sure. Just um, yeah, hopefully as well. There's, you know, there's still plenty of years left, and I'm still hoping we'll see him as a potential WWE champion. I'm still hope, holding out this NXT. Whilst it's been great him on NXT, I'm hoping it is more of just a, a way to build him back up. I like the, the whole retrace to move forward. I need to retrace my steps, which I think is a great angle. Hope that kind of gets revisited. I know get awkward with, with obviously the COVID situation of maybe stuff they had planned has to be shelved for until they can start yeah, to as, as, as well up for his match against Walter in Dublin mm. I was excited for that exactly so I fingers crossed hopefully the NXT will be him exploring all all areas but then fingers crossed hopefully we do see him back on the main roster in a, in a year or two before certainly before he gets to sort of the veteran age I suppose we call it I think he's another one who's older than you think, isn't he? He's about 37, 38. Oh, wow. I knew he was 30s, but I didn't think it was that yeah, late. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah. He's I getting on for 40. I, 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 yeah, I think he's older than you think he is. So, yeah. Well, Jericho's, <laughs> nearly, Jericho's nearly 50. He's the youngest AEW champion in history, so... <laughs> yeah, he's 38. So, yeah, he's, yeah. So, 
Uh, it's just a number. Jericho's still the GOAT, so... He's only two months older than him compared to me. Right, in at number eight, we have Cesaro, who's had another one who's had a next couple of years. Um, he picked up the US title. He was the inaugural uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy winner. Went and got WrestleMania 30. Um, but he spent a huge chunk of his uh, main roster run in tag teams. So he's a six-time tag team champion with Tyson Kidd and The Bar. <laughs> We don't Shame. just set the bar, we are the bar. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the tag team division just seems right for him. I know where people want him to be pushed into that top level main event, but you can't have everybody in the main event. I feel like he should be there, though, because he has got such unbelievable talent. Hmm. He's such an unbelievable wrestler. Like, sometimes you watch him and you just go, how how have you done this? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's amazing. But it's... Outstanding wrestler. I, I really think with Cesaro, I think he'll probably be the under, most underrated person on the list. I just feel with him, I get I just get this anger of how great he is, how many missed opportunities where they've just not pulled a trigger on a wrestler, I think. Um I know when he first started, when he started, it was always the being a bit cautious about his, um, his like the language with him, him cutting promos because I know it was very, uh, obviously he had a quite a strong accent. It was quite hard for him to communicate with the audience or get a reaction mm. from the audience. I suppose, I suppose is the better words to use it. And then they gave him Heyman, which was great. Uh, I think him and oh, no, wasn't he? Oh, it was with Zeb Coulter, wasn't he? Sorry, Zeb Coulter. Uh, yeah, was that? He was a Heyman guy as well. He was, yeah, but that yeah, was he did. He did Zeb. It was when we thought he was going to turn face, I believe, because he won the ju- won the jungle. What was I about to say? Won the celebrity game, <laughs> and then to say won the, un- the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle. Royal. <laughs> I don't know where jungle came from. Uh, won the he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, not jungle. I don't know where I got that. <laughs> he won the jungle. Um, he won yeah. jungle run. For some reason I was just thinking of I'm a celebrity. Um, so um, yeah, no. He, um, so he won the yeah, he won the won the battle royal, and I think it's night on Raw. He decided to um join. Yeah, he announced he was becoming a Heyman guy, um, which got an awesome pop, by the way. Um, I was watching all the role as I was WrestleMania when I was furloughed, so um, that did get a mental pop. But he um then he just never kicked on. Really, he thought then okay, Heyman they're going to pull a trigger on him. Didn't happen. Then joined Tyson Kidd, unreal tag team, superb. Kidd got injured. Then he had that he was feuding with Cena and Owens at the time without the United States Championship. He had some like, excellent matches. Didn't pull the trigger then. Then I think on Raw, when he was getting one of the main guys on sort of Raw 2016, I think it was again how great that year was. It was around there, never pulled the trigger. Then the bar. He always makes everything really good as well. The bar should have been a disaster. That was excellent. No Sheamus gets all credit for that as well, and rightfully so. Yeah. That tag team was superb. Really loved Some it. of their matches were great as well. The matches they oh, had together. Yeah, Hardy's was class. Really great. Yeah. It was amazing. And um, I just feel, again, they could have potentially even pulled a trigger from there. They could have pulled a trigger going through. So it, it just never happened. I think now that it's reached a point where I, 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 I love him, but it's just not going to happen. I think you almost you just lose kind of confidence in the character. And I feel sorry for him, but I just have no interest really in his matches on SmackDown or anything more now, which is a complete shame because he's excellent and the amount of times how how great he's been over the years and like a standby he's most underrated rest on, on this list but again i think it's the case of never pulling a trigger and it sadly spirals into where he is now he's in a he's in a he's in like a storyline that doesn't have any confidence in my opinion it's um 
as I say, a story, any storyline with him doesn't really get any excitement at the moment. And I just can't see where the excitement does go for him going forward as well, which I'm sad to say. He's become kind of a Dolph Ziggler character, hasn't he? Mm, spot on, nail on the head. And but I feel few, like... There's a few of them as well. Nakamura's another one, you could argue. And I'm sad. Sadly, there could be a few that could slip into that kind of group. But even like with, with Dolph, at least Dolph has been... is still in the forefront of everything. Like, he's getting these opportunities. Like, with um, McIntyre on Raw now. Cesaro doesn't even get that. Exactly. <clears throat> I didn't realise he, he debuted so long ago, 2012. He made his main roster debut. Yeah. He's been with the company since 2011. Yeah. Also, yeah. we also just, uh, just going to touch on how underrated Cesaro and Kid was as a tag team. They were yeah, unbelievable. A great team. Really great team. They one of the best Love tag them. teams I've ever seen. I, lo- I love that move where he did the spin and then he just kicked it. He did the um, drop kick. Drop to the, kick. Kid, kid, the drop kick to that. that was a great finisher. They were amazing together. And the they fact were. that they had to break up because of, of Kid getting injured is such a shame. It is. No, they were close. But as I say, I stand by Cesaro between sort of from 2013 and onwards. Um, countless have just missed opportunities and I think it must have hit sort of when post the bar really and I think now it's just it's, it's sadly done for him I think I just can't see where he really goes from from here in a, in a positive way unless something miraculously can happen but as I say I'm sadly not confident I think he turns 40 in a couple of months as well they could easily do something and get behind him mm. I think it'll take a bit a lot of rebuilding though they'd have to after mm. something pretty special with him. It'd be like a, a Becky Lynch esque type thing where it just something just clicks. Yeah, Definitely. I think so. Right, so number seven, uh, probably in terms of WWE numbers, is the most successful person on this list. He's a two-time WWE champion. He's a world heavyweight champion, two-time United States champion, five-time tag champion, Royal Rumble winner, King of the Ring, and a Money in the Bank briefcase winner. It's Sheamus. Until you spoke about all his accolades, you forget how much he's actually done. Because it's that is an one. insane he... yes. resume. Yeah, I think he won. Didn't he win the W title in six months of debut as well? I remember. Yeah, he won it against Sorry. Cena in a tables match. Yeah, botch, botch. botch. <laughs> but... so he, he, uh, he, you're right when you're saying that. I was like, oh, who are you talking? And I had to quickly like get the list back up. I was like, so <laughs> no, he, um, he is. Um, no, he, I think as well. He's another one who definitely. You could even argue slips into the, to the. Uh, I suppose I wouldn't really call it underrated. I'd kind of call it unfairly criticised on parts of the internet. I suppose is the way to sort of word it. Where people go, oh, it's Seamus. That's boring. It's not. He's he's great. He's for really good. I think he's great. I think um, he, at the moment, I think his feud on SmackDown is one of one things keeping me interested. His feud with Jeff Hardy, I think, is good. Um, I think, um, but yeah, like I think he's another one who can make something interesting. I think, like with the bar, I know that that's credit for both Cesaro and Sheamus. I think any angle he gets, he does put a lot of effort into it as well. I think I felt well sorry for him around the whole Roman Reigns uh, kind of push with before WrestleMania when they made the uni- uh, the the, um, the League of Nations. Yeah, um, I mean that was just a bit of a write off. I think the whole, uh, I think with Sheamus, he's he when he was first doing his heel, he was great. When he first turned face, I believe it was back in 2011. Um, with the feud with kind of Mark Henry, then came just a 
face on SmackDown then before winning the world title. I think he was I think he's really good as a face, to be honest, carrying the kind of the world title scene um on SmackDown at the time. Um and then yeah, I think slowly it's kind of just gone a bit it went a bit downhill but then again managed to I think the the bar really helped him bring it back up. But I think he's a great Great guy to have around. I'm definitely on, on the main roster for sure. Um, and as I say, anything they can give him, he kind of at least gets interest. I think um, anything, any, anything they put him, put him in, it does. He does make it interesting. So no, I think definitely right on, on the list. And as you said, there is how many belts he actually won. I must admit, the only title he hasn't won is the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, it's... I was convinced he was going to at least get to the final of that tournament they had recently. I thought he was going to win it. Yeah. So what a perfect thing would have been him versus Brian in the final, and then he could hype back to the sixteen-second match and just. Oh yeah, could have gone mm. for the bro kick, and he could have moved, and oh, mm. yeah, that'd have been good. There's, there's so much history between the two of them. They could have that, that would have been my pick for the final. Well, they were meant to wrestle each other on WrestleMania 30, weren't they? Really? Yeah. yeah. Because CM Punk was meant to wrestle Triple H and Randy Orton was meant to wrestle Batista. Ah. Yeah, no. I'm um, glad it didn't happen now. So I like, I like to wrestle in your 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, no, uh, yeah, definitely worked out well in, in the end there in regards to that. All right, so number six is Dynamite Kid. So um, he may be one of the, oh, I, don't, I don't want to say he's one of the least known of the stars on this list, but so are the younger listeners he might be. Um, but he's made a huge impression on the current crop of superstars with his abilities between the ropes in the late 80s. You can tell that they, Daniel Bryan's moveset, is, you can tell it's a lot based around Dynamite Kid. Uh, unfortunately, he got injured um, exactly as the time when the whole uh, wrestling phenomenon in the 90s boom started, so he missed out on pretty much all of that. Um, but he's a one-time tag team champion with the British Bulldog as part of the British Bulldogs, and he's had a five-star match with Tiger Mask in the eighties. We put it all together. I don't think we could have missed him off the list just because for his just his influence on the current crop of wrestlers. He's an amazing talent. Some of his matches for New Japan were mm. unbelievable. To watch him wrestle Tiger Mask <laughs> is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a great match. So, especially for 1983 if you go back you, you, could, you could put it on any card now and it wouldn't look out of place no not even slightly he, he was absolutely amazing no yeah, let's say it's just very unfortunate he got injury when he did and just as the attitude there was about to start take off and stuff and definitely I think yeah. would. just such an unfortunate yeah. time for him to get injured the way he did as well it's, it's awful yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've not obviously, I'll be honest, uh, not obviously not not an expert with his whole career and everything. Because he's watching his matches a little bit before my time, but yeah, you only have to hear the name. You know, it's a big name in the wrestling industry. I know he's obviously done a lot for, um, as you say, for the current crop of wrestlers going forward. And as you say, it's just the shame of injuries. <laughs> it, obviously, it does. It is so typical, and they always seem to happen as well when someone. <laughs> Sort of in in the prime going forward, mm. what's going for them, and as you say, sad it was the case with with with, uh, with Dynamite Kid. What's up, y'all? This is the one and only Chocolate Thunder Willie Mac, and you're listening to Broke but Glorious. Hey, yeah. 
Right, so uh, stay tuned for later in the show where we'll do our top five. But first, it's a question of sports entertainment. Lance's question master this week. It's starting to feel like this is every week I'm just the question master. But this week, uh, in round <laughs> one, I've uh, I've gone with kept with the European theme. And I want you to name me as many European champions as you can. Okay. You've got 27 options. <laughs> So we could be here for a while. Oh, next, uh, next, next champion, as yeah. you decide whether you go first or something. Um, well, so, yeah. I will let you go first. Oh, he's letting you set the bar. Okay. First uh, and second, yeah. okay Are you going to be the bar, though? <laughs> I'm quite proud of that. That was awful. British <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Bulldog? Yep. So that's 1 0 to you. Um, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. yeah D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown, yeah. Okay, well, they're the three that are in the list. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, William Regal, did he hold it? Did, yeah. He held it about four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's joint record holder with D'Lo Brown. Well, I was only thinking because you always held it on SmackDown, um, shut your mouth. You always given a random European title match on one of the UK pay-per-views. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, that sounds a beating for it as well. You always yeah. just goes to rock. Yeah, yeah. the same. <laughs> uh, Shawn Michaels. Yep. Um, I'm getting confused with the light heavyweight title, I think. But I think Matt Hardy held it. Just looking now. Matt Hardy did not. Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. You're all right. Looking then. And I nearly said he hadn't, but he has. Cool. He's a one time European champion. Chris and he Jer- held it for quite a while. Chris Jericho held it, held it for a day. Yes, he did. Um, uh, X. Huh? He did hold the title, yes. We are now at 4 4. Uh, Triple H. Triple H did hold the title, yep. Yeah. Being Shawn Michaels for his first reign. Well, I know this wrestling that... held the Intercontinental, but I don't know if they held the European. Um, so I'm probably not going to gamble. Uh, but I'll go for another gamble. Um, I'll go for um, test. Test. He did hold it, yes, mm. for a great amount of time of sixty-nine days. Mm. That I was expecting more of a way then. <laughs> yeah, it was five all. We can go to sudden death here. Mm, okay. Uh, I think it hasn't been said. And Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. He he also held it for a day. Um Val Venus. Val Venus did hold it, yes. I thought you didn't know I didn't thought you didn't know anything about the European title. <laughs> what is all around the attitude here, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> I I I know to go my research, Dealer Brown beat Midian for it, so I'm gonna go Midian. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm just trying to think of wrestlers around sort of 2000, 2001, but then, as I said, I don't want to get mixed up with other belts, so, but I've done it right so far. Um, I'm getting it all so good. There's another belt I'm getting. I'm getting so many belts going through my mind. <laughs> like the European going through my mind, the hardcore belt going through my mind, intercontinental and the light heavyweight all going through my mind. Um, uh, but I'll go for... Go for... <sighs> Go for the Godfather. The Godfather. I'm just looking now for you. I'm making sure. I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> but no, the Godfather did not hold it. So that means Chris has won our first round with a score of seven to six. I that was you did really well on that. I didn't we had a lot more answers to go. We could have had Kurt Angle. Could have had Mark Henry, Crash Holly. Crash Holly, Holly I was know. thinking him. I decided not to say Crash Holly or Hardcore Holly. You could have had Bradshaw, Jeff Hardy. Wow, one of them. Oh, Bradshaw. it was Jeff Hardy. I didn't think held it. Rob Van Dam held it. Yeah, Rob Van Dam held it for a day. Yeah, I'm getting them all confused as well. Yeah. Because Rob Van Dam was the last ever European champion. Yeah, I thought he... Yeah, I knew that as well. Oh, Shane O'Mac, he held it as well, didn't he? He did, yes, and so did Christian. For God's sake, I don't remember. <laughs> I meant to say Shane O'Mac, actually. Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs> you want to re-record it? No, that's fine. My fault. Me panicking on the big swim. <laughs> you may do better on the next round. Which we'll have after our top five. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen Alicia too, and you're listening to me on Broken But Glorious. Alright, so we're back with the top ten. So in at number five, we have the current WWE champion. He's the first ever British WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. I feel like he just gets his place on this list from that one sentence of he's the first ever British world champion. Yeah. Yeah, that that's all that's, I feel like that's all we need to say. <laughs> if he was number one, we I would have gone, yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like his, his place on this list cannot ever be disputed. He is He will forever be in the top ten of European wrestlers. His body of work speaks for itself, but the fact that you can go, he's the first ever WWE heavyweight champion, or, well, WWE champion. Hmm. That was British. Everyone just goes, "Oh yeah, he, he has to be on there." He's basically on this list on the back of, I think he was second in Nick's list and third in your list because um, Mark and Pablo didn't even put him in their top ten. <laughs> um, poor Drew. I don't know. How you can't put him in there after that. Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think yeah, you're right. As he, he the first British champion, he should really be in there. For me, the, what swayed me putting him so high was the fact that. I feel so sorry for him how great this year could have been for him. And, and in, in all fairness, he's actually, in my opinion, given the circumstances, I think he's been a really champion. I think his actual promos, even behind the closed doors, have been very confident. I think he's yeah. he's, he's not shown much sign of being like a... Uh, I, I do worry. I think what's helped as well, my worry of him going forward, potentially, is will he be one of these Superman, like Super Cena kind of cha- uh, champions? which I hope isn't the case, but I think the good thing of being behind closed doors, I mean, the fans will be buzzing to see him back when they go. I think he will get general pops. 
especially from certainly from British audiences as well. So I think he's kind of safe in that regard. But I mean, the Royal Rumble win was still the best, one of the best moments. I think the best Royal Rumble in my in my lifetime. Oh, in my yeah, we've watched that. We've watched that Rumble so many times this year. It's, oh, it's fantastic. That's just the claimer. The, the claimer on Lesnar was just incredible, and we. Oh, I could talk about that Rumble all night. I really could. Um, <laughs> but I think as well, him or Drew deserves so much credit for as well. <laughs> Uh, is and I've also liked the way they've kind of touched on his past career when it was obviously all, when he when he signed Vincent Man. I mean the video packages kind of speak kind of you could they, they kind of just put themselves in, don't they? Some of the video because of Vincent Man signed them saying this guy's going to be a future champion. Uh, that was in 2009. He's then had a rest and he still managed to come back and do it. So I think he deserves just an incredible amount of credit. And then do you ever think that Vince just sits there and goes, "Hey, I was right." <laughs> like just laughing to himself. Because <laughs> I, I, I knew this day would come. <laughs> uh, I, no, I knew um, this would happen, pal. I think he's been brilliant. NXT was great when he came back to there as well. Yeah, so he I think won, he's just. I say, yeah, he won the championship in NXT. He's also the Intercontinental Champion and a two-time tag team champion and I was say the Royal Rumble champion, Royal Rumble winner. He's a Royal Rumble champion. <laughs> Royal Rumble champion. I won the game nah. the belt to um, King Mo, wasn't it? For the uh, King of the Ring title. He made that himself. That was when he got released and he just walked around with the King of the Ring title. I thought it was an actual thing. <laughs> no. That was, like, that, that, was just, that, was, that was just his prop. For... Oh, I thought it was an actual I'm sure, thing. I'm sure, I'm sure that's a custom title he got created himself. I mean, fair play to him. No, he he, he, did, he did the whole cake, proper king gimmick, the crown and the robe, and he got brought out on a <laughs> eight people having to lift him up. He was sick. I don't care what anyone says. I loved him. Also, under the WWE umbrella, he won the Florida Championship heavyweight championship, and also he was a two-time Florida Championship tag team champion with Wade Barrett or Stu Sanders as he was at the time. I feel like he is, especially when you've told me that he wasn't in the other two's lists. I feel like he is underrated now. How can he be the first British WWE champion and be underrated? I don't know, but he is now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, our number four held the WWWF World Heavyweight Champion for more than 11 years over two reigns. Um, His first reign, of which was the longest reign in the company's history, it was two two thousand eight hundred and three days. <laughs> it's the living legend, the Italian strongman Bruno Sammartino. So. I'm upset that he's so low down. That he's number four. He was great. The the like he met the Pope. <laughs> the Pope invited him. It was like, hey, do you want to come come round my house? He's like, yeah, go on then. I don't think that's how the conversation went, but he met the Pope. Yeah. I can say he was, he was number one on Pablo's list. He was second on mine in your list. He wasn't on Nick's list. And he was Nick. second to Bob's yeah, list. I'd forgotten to do it. I, <laughs> I, was, I was more thinking of modern day wrestlers, but no, I, I, I throw my hands up. I mean, yeah, when you've got best champions or when you when you like just start listing off, like if you're on commentary, you start listing off great WD champions. He's just one of the first ones that just fr- fr- flies off, doesn't it? Of his yeah. WD's hand, Bruno I, I feel like he... Sorry, go on. Well, yeah, just great champion. And it just obviously, I think with when he's about the Hall of Famers in recent years, obviously one of the well-known. It took so long for him to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, him, as, him as you... and Vince had a massive falling out. It took uh, Triple H to like persuade him to go into. The... Yeah. 
for the thing. Oh, really? Yeah, I was just about to mention that. That's, I feel like that's why he doesn't get spoken about as much. Because um, he disagreed with the direction uh, wrestling was going in in the 90s. And he didn't like the fact that um, it was being marketed the way that it was. He said it was more of a family thing that it should be. Right. So I say, he was I, like, I want no involvement in it anymore. Growing up in the 90s, I had no idea who Sabrina Samsina was. It just never got talked about. So no, neither did I until um, wrestling started I got older. With Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's how the WWE but the, thing, but the thing is as well, that wrestling was majorly, majorly popular globally as well. Mm. Just by the, the, the pure fact he met the Pope. Yeah. Before yeah. Hulk Hogan. There was a massive <laughs> boom period in wrestling before Hulk Hogan was even like thinking about putting tights on. Yeah, I remember when um, they brought Bob Backlund in and he said he was a former champion. I was like, when was he a former champion? Just the way the, the, the way they, the, the history seemed to be when I was a kid was Hulk Hogan was the first WWF champion. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, then, but then as you look into it, it was Hulk Hogan beat the Iron Sheik who beat um, Bob Backlund. It's so long, so long of a history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, just don't, yeah. I just don't remember ever mentioning it. No, he just wasn't. It probably wasn't until I started watching again in 2011. I kind of knew, started knowing who he was. Well, I, I've watched since I was like really little. So I've watched all the way through the 2000s mm-hmm. and then the 10s as well. And he, was, he wasn't mentioned until he was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go in the Hall of Fame now. That's when I started to learn more about him. Up yeah. until that point, I was like, oh, well, he was he was there. I don't I, I truly, if you said said him to me, I probably would have been like, all right. I knew who Buddy Rogers was, the first ever champion. Yeah. But if someone mentioned Bruno, I would have been like, mm, uh, I don't know. Buddy Rogers, but Eddie held it for a couple of months as well, did he? Yeah. He was so banged up, he could barely wrestle, apparently. So. Well, he was coming to the end of his career, wasn't he, at that point? Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like Bruno, with the actual impact that he had when he wasn't being washed away and, uh, and being ignored, was nearly unparalleled to the person who I put number one. Mm-hmm. But I'll come on to that later. Cause I, would, I would, if you go onto the network, look up Bruno Santino versus Macho Man. It's a, just a great match. I mean, it's a good recommendation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I do yeah. need to go back and more of these, uh, say, the classics. I don't think I appreciate them enough, obviously, the classic stars like Bruno Santino. So I think I do need to go back and watch a little bit more, a, few, a bit more classic wrestling. Okay, uh, our number three is the current GM of NXT. It's the man's man, William Regal. So he's a uh, four time world champion, uh, tag team champion, sorry. Two times with Lance Storm, once with Yuji and once with Chijiri. Four-time European champion, five-time hardcore champion, and a two-time Intercontinental champion. The man who should have been the first British WWE champion. I don't know when he he would have... The role he's always had in WWE, I don't know how they could have written him into a title. I think 2004, it should have been Triple H feuding with William Regal, not Eugene himself. Um, I think think a good time would have been after he'd won the King of the Ring. I won 2008. Yeah, he didn't have like a, didn't he fail like a wellness policy then? He did, I but apart, I, I believe that was one of the things that they were meant to be doing with him before he failed his wellness policy was that he was meant to win the title. Wow, I've heard that somewhere before. What the he, he what? 
he was meant to win the world title before he mm, failed yeah. his wellness policy because they were so, dedicating yeah. a lot of raw to him. Well, yeah, because he was GM as well. And I like I like that, that GM angle where he got nuts and started like switching off raw off the air and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, I thought I thought yeah, that he was decent at then. To be fair, I mean that that was a time I wasn't really watching wrestling a great deal, but um, obviously, yeah, I did I did know that he. He, he was obviously that was quite an interesting angle when someone does that because it's not something you watch see happen on Raw every week so when someone does when something crazy like that does happen it does catch a bit of interest yeah no I, I think 2004 personally I think that's when he should have done it I think um, Triple H but thinking back on it now uh, Triple H Eugene at SummerSlam it was I guess at the time it made a bit of sense and Eugene was probably a bit over everything but Regal I mean that promo cut on, on one of the Raws around that time was absolutely amazing I'd recommend what anyone uh, who's on a YouTube binge um, to watch that because it's only about five minutes long but it really is a great promo proper from our proper passion fantastic promo and um, with a nice bit of British culture in there as well calling people that the, the one where he says that you'll um, you'll go get his gear on right now and you'll you'll bugger him up yeah I think so I um, absolutely love yeah. that promo it's unbelievable Sure, it beat the hell out of him, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is uh, <laughs> it should have led, led to a uh, tension between the two. But no, he was, um, I think then he, he was quite high. Because I think then he started like team Chris Benmore and stuff on, on Raw as well. So he was um, he was certainly quite high at that point. So I think that's when they maybe should have pushed him into a trigger. But then he always times he's been like, like other like sort of kind of stupid stupid gimmicks, but still quite high. Like with the, when he was on part of King Booker's Royal whatever you want to call it, the royal guys, bodyguards, um, soldiers. It was the King's Court. Yeah, it was King's the King's Court. court. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there, there was stupid times. He'd been around in main, main events in Wars when he was commissioner as well, um, but he's never kind of pushed him on. And I did love it. I loved his feud with Jericho as well back in the day. I mean, that's one. Oh, Jericho testing us too. He'd done so much as well in his time there. Mm. Like he teaming with Paul Birchall as well, where he got just he got he got forced to dress up as his. Uh, oh God, what did he get dressed up as? Um, I can't remember. He forced him to dress him up, didn't he? Was like a lady, wasn't it? Yes, he did. He got dressed up as a lady. <laughs> he got Paul Birchall forced him to dress as a lady as he swung in. Mm. <laughs> Birchall was a pirate. Yeah, pirates. But, that was it. Yeah, he forced him to dress up as a woman. <laughs> No, I still remember the look on his face when he had to do it as well. Yeah, it's apparently Vin, like a Vin, pirate gimmick. Yeah, well, Vin, when Vince said yes to the pirate gimmick, he'd never seen. He just knew the pirates were quite popular, but he'd never seen pirates in the Caribbean because apparently Vince hasn't seen a film since 1950. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> something absurd so, like that, isn't it? So, so he just didn't get it that why why Paul Birchill's acting dead weird? Why was he just being a ruthless pirate that he knew from when he was a kid? <laughs> I was a bit of a famous week. Like Johnny Depp bad Johnny Depp impression so. I still thought that was dead cool to this day like I remember on Smackdown vs Raw how he used to swing he'd look at the camera as well yeah, yeah. and you'd be like oh this is sick <laughs> and he'd swing in on that massive rope oh. was, it, was it after his pirate gimmick where he kind of pushed him into that incest one with Katie Birch? yeah after. Yeah, they weren't like a boyfriend and girlfriend, were they? They're meant to be brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but mm, what am I thinking of? 
And he I was think in real life, like, in real life, I think they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, that was it. So that's what I'm getting clear. They were, yeah, boyfriend and girlfriend in real life, but they were made to be a brother and sister. Brother and, and sister. But it was dead weird. It was like be the cleavage kind yeah, of. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, so weird num- game, some wrestling, <laughs> isn't there? Oh, number two, Andre the Giants. So, it was still one of the wrestling's most recognisable figures and probably one of a handful who's actually made it into the mainstream appeal outside the ring. Um, some say that the history books will see him rather unfairly as the one who got body slammed by Hulk Hogan and that's about it, but he had a defining role in the WWE and him in the 70s when he was a bit more agile was amazing. He was doing like, drop kicks and stuff you just didn't see big men doing. He was an unbelievable worker as well. Like, yeah. I always enjoyed the story. It was on the self-destruction DVD of the Armored Warrior. It was Bobby hmm. Heenan talking about it. And apparently Warrior would run full force into Andre every night. <laughs> And Andre used to tie himself up in the ropes because that was his his spot. And apparently Bobby Heenan would go up to him and ask him if he was all right. And apparently he'd just hear <laughs> of this massive disapproval. And he just kept saying to him, he'll learn. Don't worry, he'll learn. Yeah. And one night, he Warriors running full force at Andre. And Bobby Heenan says, um, apparently, he puts out his massive hand straight. So his massive long arm. His massive fist just puts it out straight, and Warrior runs straight into his hand, <laughs> splits his face paint right down the middle, and drops him where he yeah. stands because he's ran into Andre's massive fist. The Andre the Giant documentary was out recently. The Hulk Hogan was on it saying all day he was worried at WrestleMania 3, he was worried that Andre would just wouldn't play ball, and if, if he didn't want to do something, he'd just didn't do it. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, who so was going to stop him? Yeah, so if you, if, yeah, if you piss Andre off, then he wouldn't play ball and wouldn't go on along with the storyline. They just, if he wanted, he'd just beat you because <laughs> he couldn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all day, was just, you know, Hulk Hogan was going on some fence going, he is, he is going to, he's going to do the story, isn't he? He's going to let me do the power slam and let me do the, Vince's like, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, Hogan also tells a story about when they were in the ring together and apparently he was still worried up until then. And he apparently um, Andre turned to him and said, slam me now. And apparently that's, he was like, whoa, what? <laughs> he was like, apparently he was absolutely buzzing. <laughs> Hulk Hogan tells a lot of stories though, so I, I don't know which one's real or what. Yeah, But the fact that Andre's still on t-shirts to this day as well, you just see people wearing it randomly. Yeah. And the amount of documentaries he's had about him. Yeah, I was going to say, documentaries is one that everyone just wants to watch as well. It's not, if you're not really a big wrestling fan, just the name on the giant people want to watch. It always makes me a bit upset how much pain was in, sort of thing. Um, oh, it's awful. But so upsetting. When you're such a big man, it's, yeah, it's difficult. I actually really want to go back and watch that again, the one that's on Sky. Sky on Demand, it's a fantastic documentary. I really would recommend all listeners to watch it. So I think I'm going to watch it. You've just sold my uh, my evening watch that tonight to watch that because it was a HBO you know, documentary. Yeah, that's the yeah, fantastic, really great. Um, so we couldn't recommend it more. I always like the story as well about how he uh, 
he was in a bar and he tipped over some man's truck because he was giving his mate a load of um, a load of grief. So Andre got up and he was like, "Oh no, don't beat him up." And he's like, "I won't." He just goes outside and tips over his his lorry or whatever it was. It was I think it was a big four by four truck and he just tipped it on its roof. You're having a pint at a pub, you would just never feel intimidated by anyone, would you? Like, people like <laughs> no. 20 lads could come and you could just be on your own with Andre the Giant. You're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm what? <laughs> you cause any trouble you wanted, he just, he'd eat them. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. There's an amazing story from the Princess Bride as well. Yeah. I can't, I, can't, I can't remember what the girl's called, but she said um, when it'd start raining, he'd put his hand over her head. <laughs> and she wouldn't get rained on. Yeah. Apparently, he was in so much pain during that as well. He's a real, he's a really tragic character, but he seemed like such an amazing person. So our number one is the British Bulldog, who won the Intercontinental Championship once, the European Championship twice, Hardcore Championship twice, uh, Tag Team Championship. Twice, uh, once with Dynamite Kate, once with Owen Hart. A little known fact about Bulldog: um, during Undertaker's first run as champion, he only had it for a few days. Um, Bulldog was the only guy who Taker successfully defended the belt against before he lost again to Hulk Hogan at um, Tuesday in, at Tuesday in Texas. Bulldog never won the big one. We've got lots of other say. WWE champions on this list. So why have we put Bulldog at number one? After I said William Regal should have been the first champion, I feel like Bulldog probably should have been, actually. He was he was just that... He was the only English... Well, no, he wasn't good. Dynamite was there for, for the short time they were together. But he mm. just... I don't know, he had that, that spirit about him, didn't he? He was England for us. He was what we could look at and define as what we're living through, I suppose. Well, we've mentioned it on the show, haven't we? Countless of times, and he's just—he's he's an icon, isn't he? Really. I mean, even if we're supposed, to, even if we're going to do top ten wrestlers of all time, sort of thing, and in just the whole of it in any industry, any he'll—he'd probably be in the top ten. You'd have to say. Um, mm-hmm. Again, again, it's another one that falls into um, obviously a, a tragedy that he still—he wasn't around. He went before before his time, and um, but I think when you look at when you do look at the obviously the, the, the British wrestling scene, obviously before well, everything that's come out and everything, he would uh, he'd be delighted of how great it's been, especially since 2016, seeing the crop of wrestlers come through the scene of obviously of how how superb, uh, how strong as well the, the the UK scene is, obviously creating its own brand on, on WWE, but also as well the fact that we're doing a top ten of wrestlers that have gone into WWE, European wrestlers. Uh, talent and we could obviously there's probably loads of wrestlers that could we could have been we could have even put on the list as well so and i think they all we could have, we could have easily done a top 20 exactly and all we did a few honorable mentions we we haven't got finley on the list we haven't got neville on the list way barrett's pete dunn walter rusev didn't make the list and page Page started a lot the thing is, they're all, they're all credits to, um, they say, Bulldog. I think, obviously, you just look at the rest of who have planted that seed, and he'll always be just that number one mention of any, anyone you always mention of any scene of UK wrestling, European wrestling. It'll all be British or Bulldog. Everyone will always have to as, as the GOAT. And um, as I say, 
with with luck. I mean, for me, I'm just so upset. I never, I mean, Chris, you're lucky that you've got to live through obviously some of his great matches and growing up with him as a childhood hero. Yeah, I've never really got to experience him. That, yeah, that obviously was... neither did I really. But he he started so much. He was the first guy to go over there, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, that that ninety two, that ninety one. Not late 90, 91, 92, but he was just he was amazing. He could have he could have he could have had the IC title before ninety two, but it was such a perfect time for him to win the title championship at SummerSlam ninety two at Wembley in a great match against Bret Hart. It was it was the perfect time for him to win it. But to for him to never have won the, the WWE title is a bit of a travesty, really. Yeah, I'm trying to think, yeah. It's all built uh, built in stories as well, because it's the people who held the titles around in terms of Bret Hart, so he could have done a brother versus brother type storyline with Bret Hart. And then Shawn Michaels, he had a lot of history with Shawn Michaels. Was Shawn Michaels beat him for the European Championship in Birmingham, so they could have played on that storyline that I'm going to take your title due to exactly. mine in my home country, so I think, when my dying sister was in the crowd. Yeah, they could have, they could have done it easily. He, he definitely could have done it. And it's a shame that they never did. Even in the Attitude era when he came back in his jeans and his shaved head. <laughs> he was still an t- unbelievable talent then. Yeah, but the same. They were hot potato in the championship so much then it was surprising that he never got into. He never took the championship. It is, yeah. It was a bit like Owen Hart as well. It's unfair yeah, that, that he never got it either. And I feel like they're kind of in the same mould. Yeah, it should have been Owen Hart who won that championship instead of Bob Backlund. It's- Bob Backlund shouldn't have beat Owen Hart for the championship. So Bret Hart for the championship should have been Owen. So Definitely. It's, it's a, the feud they'd had all year. So, <laughs> so that's our list. Who yeah. you'd have at number one? Where did yeah. we go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> Probably somewhere. I, well, I'll tell you who our number ones were. Uh, Mark's number one was William Regal. Mine was Andre the Giants. Pablo's was Bruno San Martino. Lance's was... Andre the Giants and yeah. Brush Bulldogs was Nick's. I believe Bulldog was second on mine. Oh no, it was Bruno, wasn't it? It was Bruno was number two on mine. I think Bulldog was third. No, he's fourth. Yeah. You had Drew at number three. Oh yeah, because well, he's the first champion. That's why. <laughs> yeah, he's number he's number five on my list. I found, I found it dead, yeah. I found it dead hard just to put them in order. I'd, I, I'd like twenty. Yeah. Oh, I had to try and whittle it down to ten, and then had to put them in order. I was, <laughs> so. Well, that's what I did. I sent I sent you my my list, didn't I? And I was like, is it okay that I haven't listed them all straight away? Yeah. I'd let the listeners know that we. I put the whoever comes in at number ten gets one point, and whoever comes in at number one gets ten points. So you, we need to send them in order so I can assign the points. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone could really argue the the ten we came up with because the five of us we, we between the five of us we think we spanned the last forty years of wrestling so, with our fandom from the early to mid eighties to current day. So. This is Benji from the Land of Gentry, and if you've got any class, you'd be listening to Broken but Glorious. All right, so it's time for the final. Of a question of sports entertainment. So, um, Lance, do you want to remind but, the listeners of the scores? <laughs> so, the scores at the moment are seven to six in yeah. favour of Chris. Yeah. And uh, with Extreme Rules coming up, I thought 
I'd take it to the land of ECW. Ooh. And I would like you oh. to name me <laughs> as, ma- as many wrestlers and managers, so people who were just at ringside as well, or involved in matches, from the first ECW one-night stand. Oh, that's not too bad. Mm-hmm. I can't really remember. 2005 one. 2005, yeah, where Paulie came out and did the, the mad promo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. From last week. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought of it. In my hungover state, as I went out drinking on Sunday night, I woke <laughs> up on Monday and I was reminded, you've got to do a quiz. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Hungover in bed after throwing up, thinking, oh, after what, what am I doing? Sunday morning after a night out on Saturday. Way! <laughs> Lads, lads, lads. Pubs are open. I regret um, everything. <laughs> uh, Nick, but, you're first. Yeah, I'll go first. Well, I'll go first. Um, I believe um, Chris Jericho wrestled. He did, yes. He wrestled against Lance. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> did, did he wrestle Lance Storm? No. <laughs> oh. See, oh, the whole yeah, thing's br- <laughs> It's going to come down to that, isn't it? Would you have got him anyway, Chris? He wouldn't have been first on the list. I probably would have got him as we get down. Hey, there's plenty of managers here to get. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> well, he was going to be my next pick, you know. Um, uh, Sam, man. <laughs> The Sandman, yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was there. He had a I think I should get an answer given to me a bit later on. <laughs> um, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero did wrestle, yeah. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I'm sorry. I think I, I, I will be demanding now at the back. <laughs> or at least, okay. at least someone's name and end up. Mm-hmm. If um, it comes, <laughs> if it comes down to that one point, I will give you a special question of your own. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, Tommy Dreamer. Yes. Eddie Girls against Ray Mysterio. Um, he, I mean, Ray Mysterio was there, okay. so I can give you that. But that wasn't the match. Was it? Uh, well, I'm Lance Storm in, in, in his ring, in his um, corner, he had Dawn Marie. Yes, he did. <sighs> Tajiri. Tajiri, yes. Back to you, Nick. Mm. Score is 4-4 in this round. Did you say commentators are allowed? No, but they can be. I'll take it. You've had, you've had one go against you, but yeah, mm. we'll, Mick, we'll take that. Mick Foley? Yes. I think Tajiri teamed with Super Crazy. I mean, Super Crazy was also there, but he didn't team with him. What am I, what am I, am I thinking of 2006? Right, you say Super Crazy was there. Yes. Was Juventude um, was there? Is that how you pronounce it? He was not. Is this our fifth go? Yeah, this is this is to, uh, this will be to win it. Oh. Sabu. Smart to win this round. Have we said Sabu? I'm just making sure now. Yes, he was there. Yeah. So, Brisbane, thanks to you giving him an answer. 
<laughs> Would you like your own special question? Uh, I have one by two points. You have one by two points, but... Yeah. If on the no. f- would you like would you like your own special question? No, I don't. You, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hadn't done match cards before, and uh, to see, I wanted to give more detail. I feel like I'm really upset. <laughs> but you can get your own back next week, Nick. So. Oh, I'm gonna be fucked, aren't I? <laughs> Nick, I, I love you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah, well done, Chris. Give him. Oh, I uh, thought you were seeing me. It's like Chris. Chris, you can name all the wrestlers. Lance, you name name all the American footballers in the battle royal at WrestleMania two. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that one fella. <laughs> Who you also could have had? Um, Eddie Guerrero wrestled Chris Benoit. Did he? Yeah, and um, no, he wasn't there in 2006. And it was a three-way dance between Tajiri, Super Crazy, and Little Guido. Ah, I thought it was Tajiri and Super Crazy versus um, FBI. That's what I had in my head. So maybe I was just. I mean, it basically was. Yeah. (laughs) You could have also had Psychosis, who wrestled Rey Mysterio. Uh, Sabu had Bill Alfonso and Rob Van Dam in his corner against Rhino. Mm. You could have had both Dudley boys, Mike Awesome and Tanaka. Uh, great match. It was a very good card. It was a very good night. I feel like Nick isn't speaking to me. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just I'm angry at myself for not saying one of the boys. Yeah, the main event was the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer versus the Dudley boys. And that's where the glorious scene of Sandman entering to acquire of Enter the Sandman came from. Sleep with one eye open. This is Bill Bain, and you are listening to Broken But Glorious. Right, so it's time for the BBG Big Debate. So last week we debated the greatest promo of all time. In last place was Nick, 13% for Paul Heyman Uh, at ECW One Night Stand 2005. That bloody paper is going to be the death of me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and the winner was me yeah, Austin 316 at the King of Ignite 53% so this week keeping with the close, theme um, <laughs> um, who is the greatest WWE European champion of all time so Nick you get to go first hooray um, so I'm going to go for a man whose career developed from being European champion, had a few mm-hmm. sort of comedy angles with the belt, had a good, great matches with the belt, but it really developed his character into what he became a WWE champion. That man's Eddie Guerrero, great champion, held the European belt with pride, as I say, some great matches of it, great comedy segment skips like the China and what have you. And um, no, I think he was really the definition. If you are going to have a user lower card belt, I think yes. Guerrero is a great way of a great example of how to use a lower card belt for development up until the main card so I think yeah he was used to perfection in that regard as I say really was a great champion but then moved on successfully obviously moved on into the tag team division scene into the United States intercontinental championship scene and then as we said before we know it he's wrestling um, obviously well, he's, he's, WrestleMania, he's wrestling at Wrestlemania for the, for, for the main gold so um, just a great example of a great wrestler 
moving up in the world, starting off, starting up, sort of starting from the bottom, and then they get to the top. So, mm-hmm. um, Eddie Guerrero for me. So, what I've gone with is a two-time European champion. He was number one on our list earlier on. I've gone with the British Bulldog, a title that was basically made for him. He was the first European champion, winning it in Germany on an episode of Monday Night Raw against Owen Hart in an absolutely amazing match. Bulldog, obviously, this title was basically for him. Yeah, I feel like this is like with the hardcore title, if you go who the greatest hardcore champion ever is, you're either going to pick Crash, Crash Holly or <laughs> Mick Foley, aren't you? Yeah. So I feel like I've gone with the originator of the European title and I've gone with the British Bulldog. You must, we must put Nate, uh, Raven in. It's, didn't he win it like 30 times? The <laughs> Oh, yeah, you've also got to mention Raven, yeah. <laughs> you know, all the Reigns like I'm 10 minutes. I mean, as well and The Undertaker. <laughs> right. We've opened a big debate here. Another big debate within the big debate. <laughs> well, you're both wrong. Oh, so, the, the, great, the best European champion of all time is D.I. Brown. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so what Rick, Rick Flair is to the big gold belt? The Eli Brown is the European Championship. He's the <laughs> Eli Brown won the title a re- a record time four times, but he made it more important than Regal ever did. So, <laughs> you look um, at the real boy now. Um, he won the title from Triple H, from X Pac, right. from Mark Kemry. I'm doing it's at all all top level <laughs> champions um, who went on to be like champions in their own right. Um, Brown would also introduce the hailing from different parts of Europe, which other wrestlers would go on to adopt, like uh, Al, Al Snow, even though he will come out dressed as how different parts of Europe traditionally dressed. That was quite funny. Um, so after beating Midian at Fully Loaded, he also became the first WWE Eurocontinental champion, where he, he held both the European and Continental title at the same time. And, and I, th- I think many fans were really disappointed that Brown didn't build on the opportunities of being Intercontinental and European champion, but his legacy with the European Championship gives him a legacy of his own, which we all adore to this day. He was an unbelievable worker as well, especially um, one of my favourite moments of him being European champion was him visiting the Queen. Yeah. (laughs) Standing outside Buckingham Palace going, Queenie! I wonder how, how if his career got stunted when he um, broke Draz's neck. He says it was never what the same afterwards. Yeah, that's what it is. He what said he, he couldn't wrestle the same. No. But it, would have, it would have been interesting to see what, where his career would have gone if that never happened. But, but, so I think it your probably would have gone a, a lot further. Yeah. If I had to speculate. No, he's so talented. He's You're unbelievable, really. Right, so your choices are Eddie Guerrero, the British Bulldog, and Dilo Brown. So on Wednesday lunchtime, I'll put a poll up on our Twitter, DBG Wrestling, and the winner will get to pick next week's debate. Uh, Lance, do you want to shill your T-shirts before we go? <laughs> My T-shirts are still available at lanchevera12.bigcartel.com. Uh, I also have a video currently on my YouTube channel as well at Lance Rivera. Just Lance Rivera, if you search it up. I uh, just posted it the other day. It's a nice little video of me, of who else but me. 
Yeah, it's, uh, on our, just... it's on our website as well, if you want to look. If you go in the video section. It's there we go. So that's my nice coming, little promo video. VHS or something. Let's go with this. Yeah, coming soon to VHS. <laughs> <laughs> I channeled my own t-shirts. Hopefully, on next week's show, I'll be wearing my drill old t-shirt because I ordered it yesterday. That's not a Lance Rivera t-shirt, is it, Chris? Don't have a Lance Rivera t-shirt. Remember who yeah, I'm wearing you, today. You should buy, you should buy, you should buy more. <laughs> you, you need more than one. You need, like, one for staying in, one for going yeah. out, one for going out-out, <laughs> one for going out-out but when you don't expect to be going out-out but you've just gone out. Yeah. <laughs> one for then you, being in your bedroom when you're, after you've been out-out. Exactly, there you go. <laughs> Want to frame, put on your wall because I've signed it. See? See? Yeah. I feel like Next I'm convincing week, you. <laughs> oh, I've got a little announcement to make as well. Oh, my God. I've, uh, yeah, like, well, a bit of bad, bad announcement. My SummerSlam trip is officially cancelled. Um, oh. The next month, well, plan to be. Um, but uh, every negative, positive. In theory, obviously, we, well, we're just taking the vouchers from America, so then we'll, I imagine I imagine we're running in circles until uh, for another year or so. But our uh, plan B um, is for to go to WrestleMania 37 next year. So, oh wow! Uh, well, that was, that was there for. <laughs> but yeah, they, I think fightful. Announced that they're going to do SummerSlam in front of an empty crowd again. It's going to be at the Performance Center. I think I think I, I I think the first pay per view will probably be October's one. I reckon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think yes. Yeah, I think August series. They could. I think that would probably be the best thing to be. Even they can do it for. You might as well do it for a big pay per view. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be Survivor Series potentially. Cool. So we've got plenty of interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, since our last show, I've released an interview with Jeffrey Roos, the Lucha landlord. It's really a lot of fun talking to him. And Pablo released one of his classic interviews of Joe Hendry. Uh, this week, I'll be interviewing David Grant. And if you enjoy our show, follow us on Twitter. It's BBG Wrestling. Check out our website, bbgwrestling.com. And good night. Good night. Good night.